Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Coach Prime is about Coach Prime, and that's going to end really horribly for the University of Colorado. I've got some predictions and things to say on that. What about Donald Trump and party unity? An interesting take or two might be had there. Also, um, Ohio State and Michigan, inevitable in the Big Ten. Yes, folks, it is a truth or fiction Tuesday. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oney, and you're tuned in to Critical Thinking. Good truth or fiction Tuesday, Pat. Apparently things are so cold in your house that you are wearing the same outfit for two days in a row. Uh, Yeah, yeah. The reason why, this hoodie is incredibly comfortable. I have a different shirt underneath, but this is an incredibly Gee, comfortable hoodie. Thanks. Thanks for that level of detail. At least you didn't go full Darth <laughs> Vader. It must be warmer in your house now. Only slightly, by like a few degrees. Mm, okay. Um, I actually ended up having this. I had, I had to get a space heater, and like the furnace guys are actually coming later today. So good times, good times. Yeah, I'm I'm wearing my festive. Uh, it's the first snowfall of the season shirt because Did we're we're get getting snow? snow today. That's right. Yep. the The fluffy white stuff is. We're likely to see flurries. It probably is not going to be super cold enough, at least on the cement, to be able to uh, sustain itself. But um, what, what, what that? Now I don't know about you, Pat, but uh, growing up, Halloween was always hit or miss for the weather. It was either going to be brutally windy, cold slash snowy, or it was going to be really nice out, and you didn't want to be dressed in layers. And if you dressed in layers, you didn't probably prepare for that, and your costume was ruined anyway. So what the hell was the point? I I, I remember having to wear because I had a Cleveland Browns um, heavy coat as a kid, mm-hmm. and dressing up as Batman and having to wear the Browns coat over my Batman costume for trick or treat. Starter jacket. 
No, it was it was like a heavy like a heavy winter coat. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, just checking, just checking. I, I mean, for me, Halloween, whatever. I can take it. I can leave it. I don't really care about the holiday all that much. Now, I mean, by the time I was like ten years old, I was pretty much done with whatever. I oh was yeah. Like, nah, yeah. I'm good. I'll, yep, I'll go I'll scare the crap out of some kids in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. How's that sound? That that was more fun at that that age. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I was pretty much done with the uh, costumes and the BS. I, I, that has pretty much continued the rest of my life. I just Halloween yeah, does nothing much, for yeah. me. Just does nothing for me. Then I married someone that has to do. We have to do matching costumes every year. I hate it. I really do. Yeah. Um, masculine men confront evil, Pat. That is evil. It, it is, and I have I, thankfully I haven't had to do it the last few years. So good, good, good. good. Yeah. That's always good news. All right, with all of that <laughs> wonderful frivolity out of the way, um. Folks, um, it is a truth or fiction Tuesday. We should probably just dive right on in, uh, pick and choose between the world of politics and the world of sports because that seems to be the only thing that really matters these days. Um, Truth or fiction, first one for me, Pat. Coach Prime's act, that's supposed to say act, (laughs) Coach Prime's act is already getting old and he can't coach against equal or better talent. And, of course, I am talking about Deion Sanders, the head coach of the floundering University of Colorado Buffaloes. So this is both truth and fiction. Okay. And the reason why I say that this is truth, because his personality, I get annoyed with it, the hubris of Deion Sanders, um, and Coach Prime. I mean, seriously. I mean that that that's your name. That is your nickname, really. Well, I mean, it's he was like prime time. On the field being like, My name is Optimus Prime. Okay. I can't do the voice. It's just annoying. I, the whole persona is annoying. I I that I fully totally say is truth. Um. Is he sucking it up in Colorado? I. It's year one. Hmm. Yes, he's had a lot of transfers from where he was at Jackson State. A lot of those transfers were at Jackson State for a reason. They no, no, they weren't. Weren't they? No. Oh, they they were there for a reason, and and it was uh, Coach Prime. My point is, my point is this: is that I don't know a lot that a lot of these guys fit in the current Division One football that they're currently in. I don't know. I don't know that. Um. He only brought I, like four players over from Jackson State, by the way. Oh, did he? I see. I thought it was more his than sons, that. His sons, his two sons, yeah, Travis Hunter, who is an Tra- absolute superstar, right? He was well, he was the I number agree. one player in the country two mm-hmm. years ago, and went to Jackson State, folks. The number one player in the class of twenty twenty one, okay, or in the class of twenty twenty two, okay. Yeah, and then he brought one other player with him from Jackson. I don't, State. Know, I don't remember who that is. But but okay, then, so then you have a lot of the the Colorado Buffalo team from last year. No, you don't. Don't you? Oh, so then you have new players. So then you have new, a lot of new players. Then, so you a lot of young he, talent. He rated the transfer portal unlike any coach in history. Hmm. And so, so this this for me this is and this is absolutely truth. And here's why. Hmm. 
his success at Jackson State was his ability to have two kids who were absolute superstars, right? If it weren't for his own kids being the stars that they were, does the, does, do they get Travis Hunter along with that? Probably not, right? What Coach Prime was selling at Jackson State was what? NIL, the ability for you to make money, to transform historically black college and universities, right? Mm-hmm. So NIL money and this and that and your ability to, to monetize yourself, right? That's what he's selling. And he's selling the same thing at Colorado, but the problem that he is having is that you can't out-talent any team in FBS football. That doesn't work. Mm. Because if it were just on talent alone, there would never be an Appalachian State beating Michigan, right? There would never be Coastal Carolina doing what they did two, three years ago, or well, almost three or four years ago now, right? You would never see that happening. That's the reality of this. It, the issues at Colorado are that they can't coach. They just got done rushing for 25 yards, Pat, as a team in that loss to UCLA, which is a Really good program. Not an elite program, a really good program. Chip Kelly, a very good coach, right? Mm-hmm. His own son, Shador Sanders, right? Quarterback. They threw the ball. I think they ran something like 70 or 80 plays that game, and they threw the ball for 90% of the time. They used him. Yes, I get it. He's your best player, right? I under well, second best player. Travis Hunter is your best player. Let's be real on that. That he is he is the next Deion Sanders, the guy who can play on both sides of the ball. He's got multiple interceptions this season. He's a great corner, and then equally great on the other side of the ball. That's that's a very unique talent to to get you to that level, right? But I, I want you to hear this, okay? Colorado's third drive consisted of five plays and a punt. One of those five plays was a Shador scramble for seven yards. The other four plays, Sanders passing attempts. On Colorado's fourth drive, the bus opened with Anthony Hankerson running the ball, resulting in the loss of five yards. Mm. Somehow, that play alone justified Sanders um, abandoning the run game. At halftime of a one-point game, Colorado running back Dylan Edwards and Anthony Hankerson had carried the ball a combined seven times in the first half. Seven. Even in the most air raid of air raid Mike Leach offenses, okay, this isn't even about that. It's also about this. I see this as a massive issue because this is peewee football BS. And I agree with 
Jason Whitlock on this. This is peewee coaching. This isn't coaching to your strength. This is coaching to your stars. He's just a dad that's coaching a peewee team and playing favorites. And how do we know that? Look what he did to the players that were at Colorado previous. He canceled all of their scholarships, Pat. All of them, with the exception of, I think, 10. So what did he do? He picked and choose which ones were acceptable to him. Now, every coach does that on a different scale. It's called scholarships, right? And it's called recruiting. I understand that part. But what Coach Prime is missing is an ability to develop a player. His own son, for crying out loud, Pat, spent the entire second half of this UCLA game. I don't know if you saw any of the highlights or anything about it. He spent the entire second half of this game barely being able to walk, let alone run or throw the football. And why? Because he had been hit dozens of times in the first half. They have no offensive line. They have no defensive talent outside of Travis Hunter. They cannot coach their way out of a paper bag. Because what is a coach's primary job? It's to win games, right? But if you're winning games at the cost of the health and safety of your own players, he is putting his own son's health and safety in front of everything else. He's not, he's not even caring. He is literally willing to sacrifice at the altar of Coach Prime his own son's health. They gave him, admittedly, in the post-game press conference, they gave him a pain-killing injection to numb the pain so he couldn't feel his foot in the second half and got him nearly killed in that second half. They give up the most sacks of almost any team. I think they're in the bottom 10 of sacks given up that's coaching. Their inability to... They, they got all these transfer players, right? All this great new talent coming on board to Coach Prime, right? It's funny what happens when the shine comes off of that uh, fake gold watch. Oh, they had all their jewelry stolen, right? At halftime or whatever during the game. It was stolen at some point in time, right? There's a new story about that. What you doing wearing that kind of stuff to a to a game to begin with? Look, it's let alone let alone a college game. Now, look, that flashiness not for me. It never has been. I thought Deion Sanders was a punk as a as a player. I find his version of Christianity that he likes to try to shove down people's throats to be an absolute abomination. I don't find him to be a true believer of Christ. The only thing he believes in is, is, is in himself. He's an absolute narcissist. Coach Prime yeah. is what? It's, a, it, it's almost like some sort of character that he's playing. He's like one of the California Raisins or something from our, from our childhood, right? Like, mm-hmm. what the hell is going on here? Uh, you know, it, it's like he's cosplaying as... 
um, as the the uh, as Ted Lasso. Only that, he played the parents. sport. Mm-hmm. It's like what the hell is going on here? I mean, I, I look. I mean, I look at coaches like Luke Fickle or Ryan Day or or heck, even Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, they all have their personas, but at the end of the day, it's still Coach Day. It's still Coach Fickle. It's still Coach Harbaugh. You know, um, like 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 you, they are they are there. They're developing players. They're winning games. Um, I see your point on all of this. I still wonder if this is somewhat fiction because, I mean, again, this is year one. I get that he rated the transfer portal. I, I didn't realize how much he'd rated the transfer yeah, portal. Yeah, something like 78 um, or 79 players yeah. um, right. that they brought in, kicking out the vast majority. And look, I understand that you've got to... F- His idea of changing the culture is, I got to change everything else. Mm-hmm. I've got to change you know, all the players. I don't. I I can't affect the culture of the current players. I can't coach that. And, and maybe I, he was right that the talent was so far down. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I I wonder this too because I, I go back to the the USC game. I mean, they still lost in that game, but yes. they they led one hell of a comeback against USC and almost came back to win right. that game. And my point with that is, it's two players. It's two players. It's Shador Sanders, who apparently somehow has to be sacrificed on the altar of his future. And in a game in which they are now down, what I think they were down 28 to 9 with six minutes left in the game. That game's over. Mm-hmm. It ain't happening. It doesn't matter if you score two more touchdowns. Let's do the math there. Six, seven points puts you at 28 16. Another mm-hmm. seven points, you're still, you're not coming back. And your son can barely even function on the field. There's how, a how difference longer... between gutting it out mm-hmm. and allowing that player to play through injury, right? There's a difference between right. that and costing your team the ability to potentially win a game. So, question on that: How much does how much does Shador Sanders have left in terms of college football? Is he a senior? No, he's a sophomore. Okay. Sophomore. So I, I mean I would be curious. I would be curious to see what he does, either if his son is out hurt, and they need a backup situation, mm-hmm. or he actually makes it. Because I don't at this rate, I don't know that if if he keeps winning the, at the rate that he's winning, he's not making it to the end of Shador's senior year, um, most likely, in my opinion. But I, I would be curious to see what he does without him. Um versus what he's doing now with him and i think that that could be but again this is uh, this is year one i mean we've seen a lot of coaches struggle in year one come out in the next year year two year three and absolutely turn everything around so i I, i'm curious to see what happens there i understand that point Mm -hmm. i i do here's the rub with all of that though pat You know you don't have a great offensive line, right? Mm. What would you do with that as a coach? Would you sit back and throw the ball? Like, you know that you have no pass protection from that offensive line. Yeah. None. So what do you do? Sit, Sit back there and sling the ball around 80 times a game like they do now? No. No. 
Now, do I also understand that you want to try to use your be- or utilize your best players, but you put them in situations in which they can do what for you? Succeed. You don't put them in situations in which they are going to fail. Or get, and or that's what they're doing hurt. right now. Mm-hmm. I, I just, here's the rub. As Jason Whitlock put it near the end of his story, no great coach subjects his quarterback to the type of on-field ab- abuse that Shador is enduring. Okay, every game he's getting hit Dozens of times. He's getting his ass whooped. No great coach utilizes an all-pass offense against a team with UCLA's pass rushers. Also true, right? Your strength is his ability to get get out of the pocket, scramble. Um, You've got to find a way to scheme against that, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, is that coaching or not? No, that's, that's coaching. you're right. That's coaching. No great head coach would escort his quarterback and star defensive player to an NBA game during the game week for preparation purposes, right? Mm-hmm. We watched, you saw the video, you saw the stills of, of Travis Hunter and Shador Sanders and his other son um, at, at the home opener for the Denver Nuggets in midweek. You play on Saturday and that game was on Wednesday. Yeah, I, no way I'd be there. No great coach would be happy with a star quarterback who refuses to shake hands with an opponent after the game, which is exactly what his son did. You certainly wouldn't call that kid a leader of your team, right? Mm -mm. Yet that's exactly what Deion Sanders is trying to shove down everybody's throat. The point in all of this for me is this adds up to a a man who is more about self-aggrandizement than furthering these kids' lives. And he might, he's talked a big talk about how we're going to turn you into men and this, that, and everything else, right? And if you don't like it, here's the door, see you later, blah, 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 blah. In his post-game interview, he threw the offensive line under the bus, Pat. He threw them completely under the bus. I have to find the quote here. Um, So give me one second. I mean, I, I, I totally, I totally see this and I, I can totally see it, but, but whether this was Colorado, whether this was his sons playing for him or not, I, I would say even suggest this, this was always going to be about Deion Sanders from the get go. doesn't matter if his sons were playing sure. for him or not. Sure. But my point is that mm-hmm. what we're finding out is he's not a good coach. He's a good brand maker. He's good at marketing. He's good at all of that stuff, but all of that stuff has to happen alongside winning football. Like, for instance, Alabama, right? Yeah, it's got a tradition, all that stuff. But it was down, down, down. It was not very good. Nick Saban built it into a completely different brand. Another great example of this would be the University of Oregon. They had some good teams in the 90s, early 2000s. Chip Kelly comes along, buddy-buddy with Phil Knight. They build a brand and a brand of football that was Highly different, highly attractive, speed, all sorts of stuff you never saw anywhere else in college football mm-hmm. until Chip Kelly did it. Now everybody kind of mimics that alongside Mike Leach and the air raid offense and all that sort of stuff, right? Yep. Um, Got a question for you. Was Chip Kelly's brand built off of marketing or was it the marketing that came secondary to his ability to coach? Well, I mean, I think proof's in the pudding at UCLA. I mean, because that was a down-and-out program for a while. Look at what UCLA's doing now compared to what they were five years Sleeper ago. Sleeper program right now. Right. 
And I mean, are they the are they the greatest in the Pac-12? No. Are yeah, they? The Pac-12 is loaded, man. But but they but they are. I will say this: UCLA has gotten better. They just in whooped Colorado years, and, for crying out loud. Yeah, just whooped them. Well, so so here's this is so this is this is one of the questions I would have is is because obviously Sanders got out coached by Chip Kelly in this game too. I I, I would say he's been out coaching every goes, loss that they've had. Well, could, I mean, because he couldn't figure it out, Pat. Right. So so here's here's my here's my thing. How did he win in Jackson State though? He won did at he Jackson State because he had the number one recruit in the entire country playing against low level FCS. For instance, this it would be the equivalent of uh Cooper is it Cooper Flag? or Connor Flagg or whoever it is, the number one recruit that just announced he's going to go play at Duke, okay? It oh, would be uh-huh, an equivalent uh-huh. to him or somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. Or or LeBron James's son deciding he's going to go play at Mississippi Valley State because his dad's going to stop playing the NBA and he's going to go coach there. Question for you. Would they wipe the floor with every member of the SWAC? Yes. Why? Yeah, probably. Why? Because he's he is a talent. This is what I'm talking about. It's a it, his Jackson State stuff was an absolute mirage because he was able to attract talent that nobody it but nobody. They would have wiped the floor with almost every regular FCS program with probably the exception of South Dakota State and maybe a few others, okay, prior, or if you put them in the same pool, if, if they if they were part of the college football or the, the FCS playoffs, which sometimes I, I think they might be becoming that now. I'm not totally sure on how that's working itself out because I think there's a bunch of them that left the MEAC and they're in, in different conferences in which you can qualify for the, the playoffs. But either way, point being, it is very easy when you are the big fish in the small pond to paint over any of your shortcomings because talent will always rise to the top in that in that level. There's nobody so, that compete with their talent, right? Right. So so let me let me let me ask this then. So if 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 what you're saying is indeed true, and I honestly am starting to believe that it is. If, if if that is the, indeed the case, you would hope that he would learn from this first year and turn things around in his second and third year coming up, right? But if he doesn't and he continues down this path, which I think is probably the more likely of the two options, how long do you think he has in Colorado? Or they don't care yet, as long as they're packing the stands and making money. That that's that was going to be my next question. Are they even going to care? So I think eventually they're going to have to care because eventually he's not going to do it right. Something's going to happen. He's going to, somebody, somebody's son is going to get mistreated. Somebody's son is going to be treated the way that Shadur has been treated. And that won't fly, right? This, this isn't, you know, Friday night lights or, um, What's the other movie uh, with um, 
James Vanderbeek, uh, Varsity Blues, right? Where mm-hmm. you stick a needle in them and I'm done, right? Like, you can't do that. Look, it happens from time to time, right? Like, maybe before the game, hey, you've got a bruised knee or something and you get a quarter zone shot to, to help with that. That's a there's a difference between that sort of stuff to help you through um maybe a rough moment and he can barely even walk and you put a pain killing injection into your own son for your own edification game over and you still leave him out there to get crushed by one of the best defensive lines in college football are you nuts but it's more than that it is that you can't out talent everybody you have to no. be able to out-scheme. And yes, he did hire Sean Lewis, one of the best offensive minds in college football right now, right? Yes, he did hire some of the best names that you could find in college football. He stole Sean Lewis from a head coaching job, yes, at a Mac school, but still a head coaching job at Kent State, right? And mm-hmm. made him an offensive coordinator. When is the last time you've ever seen that happen? And there's still unable to figure out how to protect the health and safety of their players and to develop. This is that we're watching this offensive line get worse. We're watching everything kind of get worse instead of better throughout the season. Didn't they lose to Stanford? Yes. I think they lost. Oh geez. They lost to Stanford. Stanford's awful. Nah, well, not as bad actually, as you think they are. Not as, not as bad as you. Well, that's true. But like they, they, but yes, they're, they're, they're not. They're, they're, they're not right at now. the Andrew Lunk levels of Stanford. Yes, you are correct. All of that to say this: the second part of my question is, all the things that are now equal, equal talent. It turns out that everybody, it's scheme, it's coaching, it's the things that happen between the Saturdays that are going to matter at this level. Yep. And Coach Prime was able to get away with it at Jackson State because he always had the ability to out-talent them. And it was always going to win out. Now that we spent 30 minutes on that, (laughs) um, let's go ahead and get into your uh, truth or fiction here, Pat. All right. uh, First truth or fiction. A Donald Trump nomination is a result of party division, not unity and will cost the GOP the presidency in 2024. Um, I think this is 50-50. I think this is fiction in the front half and truth in the second half of that statement. I think Donald a Donald Trump nomination is not reading the tea leaves. I think it will cost the presidency in 2024. Does that matter? I don't know. Right? I I I don't I don't know that it matters all that much because I think trading one geriatric for the other and more importantly, I don't know, Pat, if you've been actually paying attention outside of the histrionics, the dance moves, calling people losers, whatever. But if you actually dive in to length of speeches, to um, numbers numbers of appearances, to quality of the material, right, and all that stuff, he's he is go- he is losing it. 
he, you can start to see the me- mental faculties are slipping with him as well as with Joe Biden. Don't, now, Joe Biden's way further down that road. But he couldn't remember who the president of Turkey was. He couldn't remember key parts of his Middle East foreign policy from just a few years ago. And it's not, oops, I forgot. These are key talking points, key moments, key things, mm-hmm. right? Starting to lose that uh, spring He's in losing his, step, his edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Rightfully so, the dude's about to be 80. Right. Yeah. But my point. I, I don't think he. I don't think he has dementia. I think he's just kind of getting old. Right. And, yeah. and I bring it up only to say this: that's that plus all the other baggage. The American people already have. You're running the most negative possible person against Joe Biden, again. The the American people would tune in, tune out. See you later. I'm out in numbers you wouldn't believe for that election. You want to talk about, well, they just had the largest turnout for an election in history. You want to watch the largest I don't give a bleep in history? This could be that. I guarantee you, you would see a complete 180 in, in the numbers. I don't think 81 million people are voting for anybody in this next election. Um, But... To the a Donald Trump nomination would be about division instead of unity. I don't think that at all. I think if he wins the nominations because there's a plurality of people who want him there, there's no division at that point. You know what I'm saying? His nomination would yeah. be about unity. That's where I would go. I, I, I just, I struggle with that idea. I really do. So I'm going to, I'm going to answer it this way for myself. So uh, there was a poll in the, from the Des Moines register and it was Donald Trump leads presidential field by a wide margin among likely Republican caucus goers. Okay. Um, he's up 40, 43%. And then Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley are both at 16% in Iowa. Okay. And then the analysis that where I got this from actually came from Bob Vanderplatz. Uh, he said on, on X that uh, this poll highlights that Donald Trump wins the power of division. Translation, if he's our nominee, there will continue to be a very divided GOP. 
this division makes it really impossible for the White House um, and then choose well in 2024. This is so I, I actually went down a very similar road to what you did. And I'm like, okay, we're comparing Iowa to other states. You can't. You can't. You mm-hmm. absolutely can't. South Carolina is a different animal than Iowa. New Hampshire is a different animal than Iowa. Now, if, I think there is some truth to what Bob is saying in so much as what are we hearing on the ground in Iowa? We are hearing that there's a an attempt being made to reinvest in more infrastructure, more people, more ground game by the Donald Trump campaign, which would suggest that there is not a coalescing candidate at this point. Now, I will right. see that 16% for Nikki Haley and raise you a uh, beachfront property on the Pacific Ocean um, on the western uh, border of the state of Idaho. I mean Iowa. And, uh, and I and- said that on purpose because uh, you do realize that the Donald Trump, there's a difference between Sioux City and Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. I also think Ron DeSantis is higher than 16%. Yeah, um, in fact, when you take a look at the likely and first choice, second choice, and likely from that poll, right? Mm-hmm. Both him and Donald Trump are at like 60-some-odd percent. Yeah. They're so I- dead-ass even. And that so, matters in a caucus state. It really does, because in a caucus state, we know there's horse trading and all the things that go along with it in a caucus mm-hmm. site. It's it's a site to behold. If you've never been there and you've never participated in a caucus, try to volunteer once in your life for something like that, because yeah. it will open your mind. It will blow your mind how that works. Well, so this is why like, like I... I I actually do agree a lot with you right now. And I, I think the last part of the statement is completely irrelevant because I think if Donald Trump's the nominee in 2024, it's going to, you're going to be hard pressed to get the white house anyway. doesn't matter if the party's united or not. Um, and, and, but if you, if he makes it through the primary and he generally wins most of the primary States, I mean, there is, a, there's going to be a sense of unity amongst the GOP. Maybe not everybody, but there will be a sense of, something i don't know if it's i don't know if i'd call it complete unity but it's something there's there's two other factors in that Mm. there's number one the fact that he's how many ballots is he actually going to be on we have to to think strategically here and Mm -hmm. this is you never want to back a candidate just because you want to win you want that candidate to be the winnable candidate right but I will say this, there's got to be some strategy involved in the GOP primary here because there's a there's a massive set of variables at play. Number one is this, the anti-vax, whatever Trump voter that doesn't like Trump's personality has a candidate in RFK Jr., Okay, they have a candidate that they could go. Now, is he a true and died-in-the-wool conservative? No, but he has indicated that there are positions in which he has changed based off of evidence and reason and and uh, things that have changed on the ground, right? Right, yeah. 
he also does the anti-vax stuff and and wants government accountability and this that and the other thing and that's a very attractive thing but but beyond all of that there's how many indictments at this point in time i've lost count i mean there's many but i mean he's got what trial in miami trial in new york trial trial in georgia trial in dc He's got about 80 charges against him at this point in time. Yeah. Again, uh, all bets are off because of that. I I, I think your I, traditional thinking on polling and the blah, 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 it don't matter. I, I, because and you I don't have no idea stuff. between now and, and again, you, you're claiming the mantle of lawfare, right? You're mm. claiming the mantle that they're going to lawfare Donald Trump. Okay. Well, what better way to do that than to um, create chaos throughout the the Republican primary, right? Hey, but I mean, take a look at what's going on in that civil trial in New York where uh, the most broad gag order humanly possible is being slapped on the president or ex-president, right, on, on Trump. And it got re reapplied. I, I just, when he can't speak, when he is having to fight cases in court of law and not the court of public opinion because he can't speak. What happens? What happens if he's actually at trial in January or February? You don't think they're just going to magically pull some stunt. You you didn't think that they were capable of doing what they've already done. Right. You didn't think they was going this far. It's already there folks. That ain't all. So they're not done. That's my no. point. So if they're not done, Pat, can you really count on any of this? This is my point. You, if you're a GOP voter, you have got to think strategically. All right. So with that being said, uh, Pat, it is time for us to play a little bit of the beer, not the beer if you are ready. All right. So today's headline for $100 of central bank digital currency is capital trick or treater dresses. Zelensky receives 40 billion in candy. Capital trick or treater dresses. Zelensky receives 40 billion in candy. And while you're thinking about that, folks, if you want candy, if you want great gifts for yourself, treat yourself this Halloween to our fine friends over at coffeebrandcoffee.com where it's a treat, not a trick. 10% 10% off of your purchase by using the code Critical Thinker. Critical Thinker at checkout. 10% off of your purchase. They've got coffee, tea, hot chocolate, loads of flavors. Pick one that you might be on the fence about. Pick one that you would know that you like. Try them. I, I, I absolutely love the bourbon flavor. I think it's one of the best flavors I've had in a long time. But to each their own. So go take a look at what is available Go to coffeebrandcoffee.com where they care about coffee and not your politics, their politics, or anybody else's politics. What a refreshing way to drink your coffee. Coffeebrandcoffee.com, promo code critical thinking, or excuse me, critical thinker at checkout for 10% off your purchase today. All right, do you need the headline one more time? No, because that was a softball of the Babylon Bee. You are correct. Yes, you are correct. It says here that a lucky young boy who went trick-or-treating at the United States Capitol building came away with $40 billion in candy after dressing up as Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. 
jackpot. I knew this costume would pay off big time, shouted young Tommy Billington after being notified of his candy haul. All my friends thought I was stupid for dressing up like that Zelensky guy who is always on the news, but now they look at now they look like the stupid ones. I've got enough candy to last me 20 lifetimes. Now, Pat, I know you're you're itching to say something. We we've been doing our lives wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why didn't we think about this? Also, Pat, dude, we could we could have gone to the White House. We could have dressed up as Vladimir Zelensky and company and asked for a bunch of money and we would have gotten Especially rich with quick that dimensional right president. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, Pat, though, um, again, for like the second time in the last month, check this. This is the front page of the Babylon Bee. One headline, zombie wandering Capitol Hill in search of brains starves to death. McDonald's now offering 36-month, 0% interest financing on all value meals. I wouldn't have gone along with the Nazis in 1939, says college student at Kill the Jews rally. Top 10 ways to acquire wealth under Bidenomics. The capital trick-or-treater dressed as Zelensky receives $40 billion in candy. Also, subscriber headlines of president on vacation 40% of the time tells man with a with five jobs, economy is doing great. Gavin Newsom makes a surprise visit to 100 acre wood. <laughs> Self-service kiosk gives customers option of tipping generously so robo- robot uprising will pass over their house. That is gold, Jerry. Pure gold. Brav freaking O. All right, with that being said, Pat, it's time for your second truth or fiction. All right, truth or fiction, Ohio State and Michigan are once again on a collision course in the Big Ten. Truth. And it's just as simple as this. Penn State's offense isn't there yet. It probably will be in about another year or so. Uh, Drew Aller's just, just, the wires are not connecting on that offense. And Michigan's well, got they're, a really they're... good defense. They still have to play the Wolverines. It's just not going to happen. And here's the thing with everything that's going on in Michigan, I could totally see Penn State pulling off an upset. Yeah. At home. I no. totally could see it happening. But here's the thing after watching what they did in, in Columbus, they don't pass the ball. They don't air it out nearly enough. Because they can't. Because um, Allard doesn't, that, that game's not, that dog won't hunt. It just, yeah. there's something off with that pass game right now. And, and, yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. Cause I mean, he is a, very young quarterback. There's yes. loads of arm talent there. There's loads of talent. Yes. It's just yes. not clicking. So we'll see what ends up happening. I, I, I think it's inevitable that you're going to get Michigan-Ohio State at the end of the year. You're probably going to get the number one and number two team in the country and battle it out, win Despite the Big the Ten title game, and whoever wins that ends up with the uh, number one overall college football playoff seed. And I could see I could see the loser of that game still making the college football playoff. Because by the way, you no longer have to be a conference champion to get in, right? Right. Well, we proved that last year. Yeah. Um, so my my point is is I I could totally see the loser still making the college football playoff. I also think the winner of that game is likely the national champion. I think it, I think it depends on who that winner is. So like here mm. or that loser is. Here's the deal. If I think if I if it's Ohio State, you're correct. If it's Michigan, I don't think you're correct, and here's why. 
because Michigan's schedule hurts them. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is right? actually true. So I what I'm saying is that, that their marquee game is you. It is also Penn State on the road, and if they can get that victory, great. That That's a feather in their cap, but that's it. And there are teams that's with it. way oh, better resumes out there, right? Uh, Ohio State being one of them. Right. And so my point being that if, if Ohio State is the team that, that Michigan loses to, that's a problem for Michigan. It's a problem for their resume to get into the college football playoff as currently constituted. It wouldn't matter yeah, in future years, right? Mm-hmm. Because of because they're expanding, but this year it does. Because Oregon and Washington have decent. I mean, with, with some of those Pac-12 wins and all that. I mean, so they they've got some good resumes going on there. Florida State, you know, not if, really. If they go Florida State does not have a resume. Florida State don't got have a Michigan resume. resume. But if they go undefeated. They could they could get in. Sure. Yes, so. you are correct. Again, that's that's an if. I'm just simply looking at Michigan, Ohio State, their resumes. Right. I think Ohio State, if they were to lose to Michigan, they're likely to go into that game undefeated, right, with some big-time right. wins. Uh, you've got Notre Dame on that schedule. You've got a lot of things that you can point to as successful points on your resume. What's Michigan's right. successful point? Penn State, a Penn State team that's lost three games at that point? Two games at least? I was going to say, they've only lost one so far. Right, and they, they um, would have lost to, again, the other two teams that they need to compete with, right? That's my point. So yeah. that so that Penn State win doesn't do you as much good as it used to because that's a neutral point. Because I could actually see Maryland upsetting Penn State at this point, too, and College Park. I don't know about that. Uh, they they I told you about that ghost of Ryan Field. I know. I told you I about that. I know. I, I Again, I know. That being said, um, yeah, the, the, with Ohio State only having to play Ruck, at Rutgers this week yep, and then at home with Michigan State, at home with Minnesota, there's, no, there's no way. Yeah. So. Nope. No way, no how, especially after your Buckeyes. I will say this, and I said this to you, the good mm-hmm. news for the, the Badger program is that you just – Outplayed that team. Yeah. You did. Right. You, you forced the turnovers. You forced them into the things that they didn't previously do, right? And right. then you just, you missed it by that much. Like, if you capitalized on those two, on the fumble and the the uh, one turnover, right? The the one yeah. interception and the, and the fumble. You capitalize on those two and you score. You've got Ohio State off their seat. And that's a... The, so you showed yourself that you can play at that level, right? You just right. there were a few missing parts to the the puzzle, but you're there. You're right yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, if 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 McCord can play consistent, yep. Oh uh, no, no, and, no, no. And, I'm not just saying you got the running game going. All it, I'm saying is that you, you take a look at Ohio State's resume and you go, okay, that's a team that took Wisconsin's best shot, still won. You know what I mean? They they right, yeah. So. Yeah, I just yeah, totally. I just, totally it's inevitable. You. I think mm. you know you're probably going to run into Iowa. I dragging out Kirk. Uh, I mean uh, Brian Ferentz is firing. Probably Iowa, but honestly, I could I could still see Minnesota getting in there. I could you still watch see for Nebraska. By the way, Nebraska getting in there because Nebraska's got a much easier, cleaner path. 
to uh, to that title game right now than anybody then, else because Wisconsin's got two losses now. And then Wisconsin, the, I mean, yeah. they could still make it too. There's still a road for them. Yeah, because there's nobody who's broken away from the pack, and they do mm-hmm. have Minnesota, Nebraska still on the schedule. They still have Northwestern, so. But you're also injured, so it. it I think yeah. it's a tall task uh-huh. for you. Yeah. Um, RB1, um, we have Jimmy no won. idea what the actual injury is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in a walking boot after the game. We know that. Uh, yeah. RB2 is already out for the season. We're, you're, you're down to a redshirt, two redshirt freshmen, Jackson Aker, or, well, he's a sophomore um, because he played too many games, I think, last year. But anyway, Jackson Aker, who is a converted fullback, who is a great high school running back, by the way, um, and then Kate Iacomelli, and then you've got Nate White, uh, who's now the third running back, who's a true freshman from a piss-poor Milwaukee City Conference school. But was very talented as a scat back, so we'll see what happens there. But um, that's some trouble. And, oh, by the way, Tanner Mordecai, you have no idea if, one, he's even coming back because it really depends on his ability to grip the football after surgery that he just had. So we'll, yeah. we'll see on that. Yeah. I just I think I think it's a tall order for you. Oh, yeah. I Let's totally go for Minnesota and Nebraska. So. Yeah, I think, I think Nebraska, for me, is your favorite at this point because they're playing the best football. They turned around real fast. Yeah, they they, they look good. Few losses. Mm-hmm. They look good. That that's good enough to to win the West Division this year. I was gonna say they look good enough. I don't know if they look good, but they look good enough to no, win the they West. Look good. They look good. Yeah. All right. With that being said, let's move forward to my final truth or fiction of the night, and that is Mike Johnson won't release the January sixth tape or overhaul the Capitol Police, thus proving the GOP has no plan. One hundred and twenty thousand million zillion kajillion percent truth. Um, they were never even McCarthy was never going to do this. They were never going to release the January sixth because, footage. yeah, I I just it blows my mind because if you if you've heard Steve Baker talk on this, I don't know if you have yet, Pat or not. I haven't. So he's one of the biggest reporters, investigative reporters that the Blaze hired. So they've gone after some really great investigative reporters, um, put them under contract, and and are allowing them to do their thing. Steve Baker, as it was pointed out, um, they were told by House Republicans that they had to wait until a process was established so that they could watch and request video footage, okay? There had to be a process in place, yada, 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 right? They did it. One of the first things that our team discovered when they were allowed to watch the footage, but they can't show it to you, was the apparent perjury of U.S. Capitol Police Sergeant uh, Special Agent David Lazarus during the Oath Keepers trial. Now, David Lazarus is a name you need to know because he's testified at dozens of these trials, Pat. There are literally dozens of people sitting in federal pound me in the rear end prison right now because of David Lazarus and his crew. Okay. Dozens of them. What the tape shows is that David Lazarus invented his entire narrative. Like quite literally none of his testimony is provable. 
The defenses don't have access to this. Do you see the problem? The American people need to know. These people are perjuring themselves on the stand to do what? What is the purpose of that? Why? Why are you perjuring yourself on the stand? When you know the video is everywhere. Like, it, cameras everywhere. Every movement you made, they're watching you. To quote the police, right? Ironically. Every step you take, every breath you make, or every move you make, every breath you take, they're watching you. That's the new Michigan Wolverines theme song, by the way. No no kidding, right? Um, (laughs) Do you even want to win? Like For me, that's the plan. If If I'm Mike Johnson, if I'm Team GOP, if I'm whatever, right? The plan, what's your plan for 2024? Win. How are you going to accomplish that? Well, we're going to tell the American people the truth. We're going to hand them all of the evidence and come what may of it. Either they want the truth and, and the ability to empower us so that we can then help them by going after the bureaucratic state, by doing all the things we've already given you. All of the things they've done wrong. We've given you all the proof. And we're the ones that gave it to you, right? Not the other side of the aisle. So, right? That, there's my winning plan. Question for you on that one. If, if let's just say hypothetically for a minute, they were to release those tapes. And would that not at least exonerate Donald Trump in at least one of his legal trials right now? Probably. But that's not even the consideration, according to Steve Baker and, and some other people that were talking on this. It's not even the part of the thing. They're just not doing it because of some other considerations or process considerations. They what need they? to release it all so that these people can show it. See, it's one thing for them to say that they've seen the evidence and they 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 see that this person perjured themselves and this, that, and everything else, right? It is a wholly different thing when you can present that to the American public and show them step-by-step step how this individual has perjured themselves and then, and then demand that every single person who was ever put on trial by this and convicted with this person as a witness gets a new trial. Well, and on top of that, it, it would certainly or it just goes home. Because like what, one of the things like, like we really need to do in this upcoming election is shut these January sixers up because it's, it, it's, it's absolutely annoying at this point. And like there, if you don't release the evidence, they're going to sit here and say, well, January 6th, January 6th, January 6th. They're going to keep shoving that down your hole. I'm like, you have the ability to shut these people up right now because if you could release all that evidence, they have nothing to fight you with on mm-hmm. that. Nothing. Right, right. exactly. It's all, it's all there in black and white color for you. It's all there. Mm-hmm. You, it's you all can there. literally see it for yourself. And And what does the tape tell you? Right, like Lazarus is literally lying about his location, to the point where the location matters. By the way, because he says he was involved with something going on with the Oath Keepers, right? But the video evidence, according to Steve Baker, shows him in a completely different location when this was alleged to have taken place. He's not even there. Never saw it. Never participated in it. nothing. Nothing ever happened. That I mean, it's as basic as that. But we can't see. That type of evidence 
is transformative in the narrative building. I think this is 100% true, by the way. I don't think they release it. And I think it's because they're under pressure not to by the Donald Trump campaign. I don't think they release it. Why the Donald Trump campaign? You think the Donald Trump campaign would want this out there? No. They don't want it out there because it's a legal issue at that point in time. Remember, he's being... That this hurts his case. They they make they're making a, a defense, a an actual criminal defense, right? Okay, mm-hmm. think about that. Would you want that tape out to the general public? No. But what? But what? Because it hurts your ability to control the narrative in the courtroom at that point in time. But you would think that would help exonerate. I, I... No, it wouldn't. That's the thing. It, it you're. What would that do other than the court of public opinion, Pat? What would it do? And oh, by the way, um, if they try to release it, do you think that that judge won't suppress that as evidence? Uh, that's true. That's a fair point. Okay. Lawfare. They don't mm-hmm. want them to do it because they want to be able to control it as much as possible within the realm of that trial for Donald Trump. And if you allow the more broad version of it to get out to the general public, you've lost the narrative. Now, I would also argue that I think we should probably have similar laws as um, as um, England does, by the way, in which filming, protesting, um, standing on those court steps is grounds for uh, trial intimidation and a significant jail sentence. Because too often we see jury intimidation, uh, lawyer yeah. intimidation, uh, judge intimidation happening at these trials. I mean, literally hundreds, thousands of people showing up, uh, just ginning up fear and nah, nah, bro, I'm good. So I, I just think at the end of the day, they won't release it. They're under pressure to not release it for some stupid reason. I get why they might think that this would be helpful to not release it. I, I agree with you, Pat. This should be out in the court of public opinion because it's this one. He doesn't even have to speak. It speaks for itself. Right. That's my. Let let the surrogates do it. Mm. Right. But they're not that smart. But furthermore, it's not even about the January 6th tape. It's also about the Biden crime family. They're not going to do anything. They're just going to drip, 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 drip. No. Open the damn floodgates. Once you're past all of this stuff, in November, this should be the thing that you're putting in front of the American people every single day, hitting them over the head with this. November, December, right into primary season. It's just that simple. Hmm. It is the the ace up your sleeve. And by God, the American people will care about their president and his son and his crime-ridden family selling our interests out for their own gain. Tell that story. Tell it. Doesn't matter if you have to doesn't matter if you're going to get the end run of the prosecution. Tell it. Put his ass on impeachment trial and tell it every day. Force it down. CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS News, force it down every one of their throats. Make them own their poop. 
Will they do it? They got no plan. There's nothing there. All right, with that being said, now would be a great time for us to, I don't know, find out what your final thoughts are on this program. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And every move you take, every breath you take, Jim Harbaugh will be watching you. It's Connor Bastian, not Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh had nothing to do with it. You mean Connor Stallions? Yes. And with well, that, supposedly John Har- Jim Harbaugh had nothing to do with it. Supposedly. John definitely had nothing to do with it. I was going to say, John <laughs> had nothing to do with it for sure. Jim, on the other hand. With that, folks, please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals today. And as always, Matthew, 547.